You know, we joke very often about what an incredible job this is. We smoke cigars, we drink bourbon, we eat incredible food, we meet fantastic people, we travel around talking to people about cigars and bourbon. It's amazing. But there is, there's a real business behind it, and sometimes we don't get into the business side enough. So this is the moment to do it. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. We're going to get to what we're smoking and what we're drinking in a minute because, you know, we, we record the show more often than not at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis, Indiana. You hear us talking about it, blendbarcigar.com. And they're in Houston, and they're in Pittsburgh, and they're in Nashville. And admittedly, it's, it's, it's strange. It's a little weird. That a, you know, you don't hear about cigar lounges that have multiple locations. Right. That's not the everyday fingers. But what it took, the story of, of Blend Bar Cigar is the story of a place called Indie Cigar Bar. And how uh, Corey Johnson built a cigar lounge based on a history he had in selling cigars to then see a vision and bring people in, buy-in on this vision to have multiple locations, right? The, the, the funding that was necessary, the partners that he has, and as, as you've been talking about with, with News of the Week, as we've been going into, man, supply chain issues are real, capital issues are, are real, and, and opening up a cigar lounge is one of those things that like you see in a movie. Man, we should totally open a bar, <laughs> man. But there is so much more to it than that. So we're like, we should do an entire episode focused on what it actually took to open a lounge. Yeah, and you know we've talked about it previously on the show. Even when you talk about a chain like Blend, it still feels like a mom and pop operation because we're only talking four stores. Right. You know, it's not like, oh, we've got 75 locations all over the country. But when you, by the way, when you think of places that have on Cigar Lounge that have multiple locations, Burn by Rocky Patel, mm-hmm. Blend. Right? It's a really weird thing because the Cigar Lounge is the mom and pop. And, and by the way, I mean, uh, Corey works the place, right? The managers here will go help other stores and other stores help. It's all in that in that kind of community love fest feel. Yeah. But even when you talk about you know a place like Blend, the whole mom and pop aspect of it, that's what the Cigar Lounges are. And there have been so many documented cases of how small businesses, mom and pop shops have struggled over the past couple of years because of the lockdowns and all the the, the shutdowns and uh, all that that's going on. So it's going to be interesting to be able to talk to Corey and other people about what it's been like to go through the last couple of years as a small business owner and how it's impacted something that we love so much. So we got a couple people we're going to be talking to. Nolan Smith of of Backbone Bourbon, because Blend, of course, does its barrel picks and has its own bourbon brand. Rick Hubbard of Hubbard and Cravens, because coffee, Hubbard and Craven is a coffee manufacturer. I said it like you guys would know. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm a fan of Hubbard and Cravens. Coffee, if it grows together, it goes together. How many times have we talked about that? So get into how the blends created here for blend, right? What came into, what went into making the coffee and all of those steps. We're going to talk to Mark Holden, who uh, is, is a partner here at, at, at Blend. And the amount of money and what was it like to be in the world of COVID with, with multiple stores, mind you, and not have the customers coming in. I, I am amazed that one of the things that we haven't seen and haven't heard about is cigar lounges going under in COVID. That's an extremely rare conversation. I can point to you to pie shops, restaurants, bars, all sorts of things, not cigar lounges. No, and I think part of it, obviously, uh, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but uh, to be able to keep your humidor open 
uh, to be able to have people come in and, and buy cigars and, and leave, but also the, the cigar lifestyle, the cigar community is, is kind of tight-knit and, and people are very loyal. So I could see when, if you had the money during the last two years to be able to go and, and buy cigars, they went. A lot of people went and supported their local cigar lounge because they knew how important that is yeah. to their life. And, and, and by the way, still extremely important yeah. uh, to support, be supporting local. Now, now I should be clear about one thing: uh, we have a relationship with Blend, a friendship relationship with Blend. We have no financial relationship with Blend, meaning we don't own any part of it. This is not uh, that we've had asks to go to cigar lounges now all across the country and we're, we're starting to work on that and put it out there and we want to talk to more cigar lounges about exactly this because when we were up uh, at the Mississinawa Cigar Company we did a book signing there and we did a whole live event these were guys in a much different style than this place uh, that said you know what we're tired of driving an hour to a cigar lounge let's just open one ourselves and six guys got together and opened one so there are these great stories and they did it during COVID another yes. example so there are these great stories about how people took advantage of the American dream, took advantage of something uh, they, they loved, of an opportunity, put in some serious risk, dollars and manpower and sweat and, and, and that time sacrifice and said, let's do this. And, and I, for one, and Fingers as well, we're, we're interested in those stories. Those, those are the stories that kind of drive you into, like, like who... Who does this? Who, who is this special that says, this is how I want to grow my life? Yeah, and it seems like this is somewhat common in the cigar industry, whether it's people who open up a cigar lounge. You mentioned it earlier where a couple of guys say, look at each other and say, we should open a cigar lounge or get into the cigar business. We talked to people at the Boutique Cigar Association uh, event, right. um, and uh, there were quite a few that said, you know what? I've always had a passion for cigars, uh, and uh, I just decided, why not? Why not get into the cigar business? So you see that quite a bit in the cigar lifestyle. But the whole point of, you know, we should open a bar, man, is that it's so much more than that. So we figured let's, let's pull back a little bit of curtain. Let's see what it actually takes to, to build a place like this. What does it take in terms of a vision Beforehand, what kind of issues did you run into during, and do you still run into? And then, and then, what does it take to to, to maintain and to stay when we know that that labor crunch is an issue? Employees are, are always a, a thing. Not that they're, they're you need them, and and the training of them, and how that works. And then, of course, what happens when you can't keep the humidor stocked and supplied? Right. Because well, th there's there's nothing that you can stock and supply it with. So we're going to go over how they built their cigars, like where we're smoking now, which is from Blend, which is their Salomon, done with Davidoff. And this is a, uh, this is a sexy beast right here. But this is also a $100 stick. Uh, and, uh, and, and I'm a fan. I'm not going to lie. I told you, I started by saying our job is pretty good. It is a pretty, pretty sweet game. Right? We've got some rather high-proof bourbon that we're going to get into. We've got some coffees that we're going to be doing some, some, some cuppings of. And how these independent businesses came together and you'll note that that here it's all about local this is uh this is about a a, a local brewer i should say distiller here it's about a local uh coffee uh maker right here in the we're in the indianapolis area so in these areas and how they how, how they how they picked and chose and, and found each other and decided to keep that going so we've got a, we've got a lot to cover but isn't that great about what's happened in the last you know 15 20 years with not only the cigar 
boom, but also the the bourbon boom and even the coffee boom that maybe 30 years ago you wouldn't be able to easily find local, right? Uh, you know, distillers or people who make great coffee. So it's fantastic that w- what we're going to be doing here today. So we we've got Corey Johnson of Blend Bar Cigar. We got Mark Holden of Blend uh, as well. Nolan Smith of Backbone Bourbon. Recovered of Hubbard and Craven uh, Coffee and. If you ever want to know, hey, how do I do this? How do I start my own cigar lounge? How do, how do, I, how do I live this dream? Well, after this, you're going to know how to do it. And what that means to us, Fingers, is we're still not opening a cigar lounge. We're just going to visit a lot of places. I like that idea better. Much better for us, at least. Smoking the Blend Salamone. Now, what is a Salamone? Well, I guess that all depends on what the manufacturer decided uh, to call the thing. Blend, because of Blend Bar Cigar here in Indianapolis, Indiana, and you're seeing uh, cigar lounges come out with their own uh, types of cigars. Uh, But the relationship here between Blend and Davidoff, this is a a Davidoff lounge uh, primarily, kind of afforded them some some special opportunities. Corey Johnston, the owner of Blend Bar Cigar, joins us right now. Hello, guys. What's going on, man? Good to see you guys. see you. This cigar... Is, is is the flagship of the flagship, yes, right? Yes. You're, you're looking at other blends, you're experimenting with other blends, but the blend Salomon is, is the flagship. And you didn't go small. You went Salomon, uh, which means you're giving a Churchill run for its money in terms right. of size. And you went with a big boy price point, which you got to explain. So take the time. Sure. Instead of us doing the review, I got the guy who made the cigar. <laughs> Talk to me about how you came across and decided to make the Blend Salomon. Yeah, so um, first of all, thank you guys. You know, this is great. Um, you know, this is five years in the making and we had an opportunity um, with Davidoff to do something very special. And um, what we wanted to do was a, a big experience cigar. Uh, something that uh, you can sit down and enjoy three hours, really relax, you know, go on a little vacation. and uh, But we wanted something exceptional, not just average, something that's memorable. And so we worked with Davidoff for five years, and they had some experimental tobaccos that were, they call hybrids and, and different small parts of a farm that may take a half acre and uh, a hectare and that they call that in Spanish, and then they'll do some unique things and, and try some things. And so they have enough tobacco to make us a brand, but not enough to make it a big production globally, right? Right. And so we were able to do a, a, a very special cigar. It's a one-time run. Once it's gone, it's gone. It's truly a limited edition, and the blend of filler, binder, wrapper um, is something that will never be replicated. How many tobaccos are in this one? There's uh, six, six tobaccos. Three of them, they don't even, they don't even have a designation for because they're that experimental. So they, it, had, they literally had burlap sacks of tobacco, and they go, you know what? This tastes great. Let's use it for Corey's project, and it produced 10,000 cigars. So is, so is it a little bit of like... like uh Mad scientist, a little bit. Very much so, yeah. Right, Baker, right? Because yep. there's there's the exact science of cigars, and then there's the, no, 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 right. wait. I like that little bit of a hit. I like that little bit of a mm-hmm. feel. And so, so go ahead. So anyway, the, uh, um, what's so great about this cigar is the flavor profile and how it changes in the first third. Like you guys always talk about, first third, second third, uh, the last third. This cigar definitely goes through all that. And, you know, it's very subjective, and I can sit here and say, 
the different notes, you know, cedar, cream, coffee. Right. All, I can do all that, but really it's about your experience. This is, however, cigar that um, even though we charge $95 for it, it's worth every penny, and you'll never find a cigar like this. And that's this is really like a unicorn. If you're a bourbon hunter, you know, or a watch hunter, uh, I mean, this is this is the unicorn cigar, and, and so much so that even Davidoff asked us if they can sell it in their stores in Manhattan, and so we allocated them uh, thirty boxes, and they sell this in Manhattan. So let's talk about the cigar yeah. a, a little bit. It is it is what what, what you call a Salomon. It's what I would call a Perfecto sure. because at the at, at the foot. It's to a point, and then it, it opens up as you're smoking it, and that yes. heat grows to that bulbous point, and then it comes and tapers down a little bit yep. at the cap end. So it's really an 8 by 52 8 meaning 8 inches long. Right. Tee-hee. Always makes fingers move while I laugh. <laughs> to see Corey roll his eyes at your tee-hee. I always wondered how people took it, and now I know. And 52 really at, at uh, its, its uh, thickest point. That's the ring gauge, the diameter of the cigar, how thick it is around. Tee. Again, with, with the laughter, it's a very long road for you. As a guy yeah. who used to distribute uh, work, as be in sales, work for a cigar yeah. distributor at cigar companies, and then the opening of your first place, Indie Cigar sure. Bar. Yep. So yeah. how, long were you, how long were you learning the cigar game before you said, wait a second, I want to do this? Yeah, um, 1992 is when I started this. Uh, mental process of wanting to get in this business. That's thirty years ago, by the way. Yeah, I know, and um, you look great. I was just talking. Look I, great? I was just talking yes. to my partner, Mark Holman, about it, and you know, I said I've been in this now for thirty years. Nineteen ninety-two, very special year. Cigar Aficionado came out, and so did um, Jim Beam launched their small batch bourbons, the Bakers, Bookers. Knob Creek and Basel Hayden. People forget that's all part of that that's same family. 1992, you know, and, and so, um, and then that's what I did in the 90s. It was great. Cigars were booming, and I did wholesale. I sold the steakhouses and country clubs, and and then I was very fortunate to get on board with Davidoff. And as I traveled the country, I recognized there was a huge need for a place for men to go and sit down, relax have a cigar and have a bourbon or a scotch or a coffee. And um, so I opened Indie Cigar Bar uh, in 2007, and then it transformed five years later where we recognized, okay, uh, we need more. Uh, women want to come in, and we need more um, space. We need to cater to more people. Some people maybe want the bourbon and scotch but not the cigars. So we upgraded the ventilation. And that's the highlight of Blend today is our ventilation at all four stores and our uh, uh, atmosphere. But at the end of the day, it is about the, the cigar. And I will tell you, this Blend Salomon, we only have 400 boxes left out of 1,000. And, uh, and they're going fast. And we, we, we will be out by this year. No, I, so. That's great. And you happen to mention women in, in the course of the conversation. Mm-hmm. You've been in this for 30 years. How much more popular have cigars become with women? Oh, it's it's incredible. Ladies come in, and they uh, they want the experience, um, especially on the weekends. Um, we are fifty percent women, and that's amazing. Uh, you know, Sunday through Thursday is still mostly um, 
business travelers and, and, and gentlemen. But Fridays and Saturdays, we are 50% women. And I will tell you, they are, they know their stuff. They're, tra- they're educated and they really enjoy it and they want to learn more. Um, and I, it's the fastest growing market for in the cigar, premium cigar market is ladies. Now, if you want to smoke the Salomon, blendbarcigar.com, and you can order it right there by the single or by the, the 10 box, blendbarcigar.com. Uh, I want to get into the creation of blends, and it's interesting to hear you talk about Indie Cigar Bar as a place for men. And then as you watch the industry evolve, you watch yourself evolve, you watch the market evolve, you say, wait a second, there is more. I want to dig into the psyche of that and how, as a business owner, you're constantly defining and redefining what it is you do to be able to, 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 to keep up, to be able to match what's happening and try and be ahead of the curve. And sometimes it takes great big wholesale changes and sometimes it takes very small, tangible changes that create a different feel. Corey Johnson of Blend Bar Cigar is with us. We've got more to smoke and more to drink. So what does it take to build your own cigar lounge? What does it take? In my family, we actually refer to it as being your own pope. That we, for, for, I don't know how wow. that came up. My, my father's been doing that for years. How do you be your own pope? How do you run your own ship? And a lot of people dream about opening a cigar lounge. It is not as easy as just saying, um, open, it's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is Fingers Malloy. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Corey Johnston with us, owner of Blend Bar Cigar. And we were talking about how you you you... you had a long history in selling cigars uh, to cigar to, to new and burgeoning cigar lounges, country clubs, steakhouses, yep. when you could yep. still have a cigar with a steak like God intended it to be, <laughs> Fingers Malloy. Yes. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then you, 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 you have Indie Cigar Bar, which was on the north side of Indianapolis, a successful place, but a smaller place. And I wanted to get into the idea of what happens when you realize this is not the future. Because for a lot of business owners and people who, who think about doing this, they think about opening the place and that's the place and the place never adapts and the place never grows and the place never changes. But business owners know, people who, mm-hmm. who, who have vision know that sometimes you look around and be like, wait a second, if I just did X, Y, and Z, which sometimes requires investment, I could double, I could triple, I could, or you know, maybe they're satisfied, but many people aren't satisfied. They, they think like that. That is not an easy thing to think of. What was the moment at Indie Cigar Bar, which seated how many? How many people were at, could fit at Indie Cigar Bar? Uh, seats were 27. Standing room was about another 20. <laughs> and here at, at this location in Indianapolis, um, how many? We are uh, 85 seats inside and uh, 60 seats outside. So yeah. it's, it's a much bigger yeah, operation. Yeah. What was the moment at Indie Cigar Bar, Corey, where you said, wait a second, I'm missing something here, and if, yeah. I, just, if I just do this... Yeah. It's going to be off to the races. Yeah. What, I will tell you exactly the moment. I was standing there with Mark Holden, and we were packed, and we were standing in the corner. Was Mark a partner with you then? No, no. But he was a good customer, uh, one of my best, and and he loved the place. He's a big cigar guy, but he's a he's a, a astute business person who invests in companies. And he said, we got to do this bigger. I mean, you're at capacity. We had a line out the door. And so... That started the conversation, and then, uh, if you know Mark Holden, we move very fast. He doesn't mess around, and so all of a sudden, it was uh, six months later, we had this thing open. And I will tell you that 
uh, we all agreed on the, the point that we had to cater to a bigger audience, but also the demand was there, and we needed to have, like I mentioned earlier, the better ventilation. But we also needed to have a place where people feel comfortable coming in. It's not a private club. It's more open. And, and, and so that's where we came up with the name Blend. You know, you blend whiskeys, you blend tobaccos, but it's also a blend of people. You know, it, it, and I think that's the biggest thing uh, I had to learn. Um, and then also it's about service. And so you have to hire good staff. And um, I will say, I think that's one thing that has, has been our defining moment is that we offer the cut and light. Uh, we clean the ashtrays. You know, our, our staff is unbelievable. And they, they, um, they really, it's about service. And uh, so you, you get this uh, uh, restaurant, high quality white tablecloth restaurant service in a cigar atmosphere, which is not normal. Right. And that's what separates us, I think, from most folks. I feel like I, I've been coming here for, for years. This is, what, yep. nine years old now? Yep. Uh, blend in Indianapolis, Blend Bar Cigar. And I feel like so much of the staff that was there then is still here now. Yeah. Uh, and you don't hear about that happening a lot, especially during the last two years. Right. How challenging has it been for you to keep this place staffed as well as in Pittsburgh, Nashville, yeah. and Houston during the, the no question. I, yeah, No question. Uh, obviously, the... The COVID year and a half it was struggle for everybody. I will tell you this, though. The quality of our guest is so good that, that the staff want to stay. And the industry average in bars is four to six months uh, rotation. You know, they leave. We average right now 2.5 years is our average employee. Right. And it, a lot of it is because of the quality of the guest. And I think, you know, there's no children allowed in here. You have to be over 21. And the person who comes in here is searching for a high-level bourbon or a single malt or nice wine and nice cigar. So we're catering to a certain crowd. But I will tell you that, that the staff likes it. The staff, they, that's why they like to stay because it's a good work, you know, it's a good work environment. And, they, and they're very well trained. We spend a lot of time and money on training more than most, and we do it every single week. We train on wine or scotch, or we have vendors come in, you know, and and um, it's all part of the program on, on how you create that, like you were saying, Tony, create a successful business. You have to cover all those details, and unfortunately, any small business, it's hard. It takes it's money. Hard. It takes money. It takes financing to be able to offer all the things, you, you know, you always dream about. And you do, you do have a, a, a rather unique staff. You have Richard Payton on staff here in Indianapolis, who was the first ever uh, certified uh, tobacco sommelier yeah, yeah. in, in, in the country, yep. right? Uh, yep. you, you have uh, an incredible team. Uh, Brian uh, writes reviews for, for Eat, Drink, Smoke. Yep. Um, com. That is serious investment. Now, I'm not going to get into investment side with you. I'm going to have that conversation with Mark Holden. Yes, yeah. Uh, but rather... It, the the risky move of you know it's one thing to say we need to do more it's another thing to put pen to paper to realize what more costs you already had a successful place how nerve-wracking is it to take the successful place and it's not like it's still there right you close that down to yes. have this yeah, yeah. 
How nerve-wracking yeah. is that moment? It, it was, It was. yes. There's a lot of regulations. There's a lot going on, a lot of moving parts. I want to know whether or not you woke up in the middle of the night in yes. a cold sweat. Oh, there was a time I woke up. Good point. I woke up in the middle of the night. I drove up here. We were under construction and because I started thinking of measurements of uh, some doorways and, and, and where tables were going to go. And I had my measuring uh, tape measure out. And I realized, okay, we did it right. But I'm laying there in bed thinking, oh my God, I forgot certain things. And you know, and you do stress because you know, because you're spending a lot of money. And um, you want it to have a good launch and you want to do it right. And yes, there's a lot of moving parts and it is stressful. However, if you put in the effort, it is so worth it. But you, it is you so also worth it. you hit on the other part, right? You, you have a lovely humidor here. There are cigar lounges that have uh, more selection in their sure. humidor. You are a little more selective in yes. your humidor. Yeah. But when you talk about the cut and light, which means at your seat, they cut the cigar for you, they light the cigar for you, the keeping things clean, the moving along. Are, do people come for cigars or do people come for experience? I think a little bit of both. Our cigar selection is we buy direct from manufacturers. So we like that manufacturer relationship because that's how we were able to do this blend Salomon. Right. Um, and so... Uh, that's why we don't have the, the the large selections you might see online or, or in other stores. A lot of those are private label brands. You've talked about it, um, made by other manufacturers. So I like to buy from the manufacturer. I get to know those folks, and, and that's been beneficial for me all these years. Um, and so uh, that's why I think with that, coupled with the, the staffing and the service, um, I think is a little bit of a, a, a secret sauce on how this works. Um, I think um, I think the one thing that, that any entrepreneur, doesn't matter what business you're in, you have to be all in. And it's yeah. everyone thinks, oh, you build it, they will come. That's not the case. It's how you treat people. And then they come and, back. Yes, yes, and, and how they, they come, come back. back. And you have to treat people right. At the end of the day, so I guess to answer your question, it is how you treat people and, and it's the, the culture you create in your business. We're smoking the blend exclusive uh, Salomon, which you can get at blendbarcigar.com. Six different tobaccos. Woody, it's got a little bit of, uh, for me, a spice that's starting to build in this first third and linger there on uh, the, the tongue. Um, you guys know we're, we're fans of Blend, but how you open it, why you open, and some of the people you partner with, we're going to get into some of those uh, partnerships, and we're, we're going to, look, you guys know, Fingers and I are going to get into the money. What does it really take to do something like this? A lot. This, this, <laughs> this ain't the easy stuff. More coming up. So in this conversation about, you know, oh, I want to build my own uh, cigar lounge, this is not an easy proposition, and I wanted to dig into how this actually does get done. I want to be able to, you know, we, we talk to a lot of people, Fingers and I, and we, we, we engage a lot of, of conversations. It's eat, drink, smoke, everybody. Great to be with you. Tony Katz, uh, Fingers Malloy, he's America's favorite amateur uh, drinker. But right now, it, it's just me and, and Mark Holden, uh, one of uh, the people behind Blend Bar Cigar, where we've been kind of doing this kind of dig in on, on how they uh, created, and we're doing this with with some other cigar lounges kind of how they came about into being where where they saw the market and it's this idea that people say hey i can go and and i want to start a cigar lounge well how does that work what does it really take what are you know how do you see around the corners 
in order to 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 create this 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 business because i mean just sometimes when you see a walk-in humidor you're like well how in the world did they get that thing built that in and of itself is is a whole bit of, of, of operation so mark holden uh, joins us right now because he's a busy guy you, you're you're a business guy from word go you've got other things that you're involved with businesses uh, that you engage with you're on the road right now uh what but you know being an indianapolis guy you used to go to indie cigar bar which was Corey's uh cory johnson's first place before blend and the four locations what was was it the idea the romanticism of man i really like cigars i'd love to uh, be a part of this or was it you know what there's a real business here and i know how to grow a business which was the part for you that made you say i want to do this yeah, it's probably a little bit of both, uh, Tony. And uh, thanks for having me on. But uh, yeah, I, uh, uh, you know, I was a customer of uh, Corey's uh, actually for uh, quite some time, and uh, and I always felt like Corey um, uh, spent a lot of time uh, with me, teaching me uh, how to cut, how to light, uh, the different uh, types of uh, cigars, and in, in terms of uh, the tobacco. And, uh, and, and how to smoke. And, uh, and I'd been smoking cigars really, you know, for now going on probably 45 years and, uh, uh, but never had anybody, uh, spend the time with me. And it wasn't because he was trying to make a sale, uh, or raise money or anything. It's just because, uh, that was his business. That was his passion. And, uh, and so I always appreciated that. And, uh, and as I, uh, got to know Corey more and, uh, uh, we chatted uh, uh, about uh, the cigar uh, lounge industry. Uh, you know, really, Corey shared with me some of the things that kind of uh, prompted him to uh, open uh, his own place. But, uh, you know, one of the things, for example, uh, when regulation came out and, and outlawed smoking uh, in restaurants, uh, I used to go, uh, my wife and I would go out for dinner, we'd go into St. Elmo's, Ruth Chris, Sullivan's, and after dinner, uh, sit in the bar and she had a, she'd have a nice glass of wine and I'd have a cigar and, and, uh, you know, we'd be able to enjoy, uh, after dinner drinks that way. Well, uh, that all got, uh, uh, regulated out. And, and so there was a void really, uh, created, I think, uh, for, uh, people that, uh, uh enjoyed an evening out on a date with their spouse or, uh, significant other, and so you saw uh, really, in in the in the in the regulatory scheme of things, you saw that there was an opportunity because something you personally enjoyed was taken away from you, and you figured it was taken away from you. Well, man, there might be a segment of audience that it was taken away from, and that's a whole lot of people. Exactly, Tony. That's yeah, uh, spot on. And uh, and I did. I had a number of friends that uh, enjoyed the same, and so yeah, you know. Uh, uh, it, you know, it, uh, happens unfortunately too often that, uh, big brother or big sister in, uh, Washington, DC, uh, uh, is, uh, trying to look out for, uh, you know, uh, big brother and, and big sister in Washington, DC. That's the way I think a lot yeah. of us see it. Uh, Mark Holden, yeah. uh, uh, one of the people behind blend bar cigar. So when, when you look at this as, as, as an investor, and you look at the dollars that are necessary. Did you come in with like a basic game plan and were you blown away by what some of the costs were or did you find it manageable? Did it fall uh, in, in line? What really took you when you were building this out 
Um, because th- this is certainly, this is not, uh, you know, there are traditional mom and pop cigar lounges that I love and adore. This is uh, meant to be on the higher end. Was there anything that kind of blew you away? Like, okay, I wasn't expecting those kinds of financial roadblocks or these kinds of issues. What? How, how did that process move? Sure. Yeah, you know, uh, again, I was somewhat... Uh, uh, a novice, if you will, uh, at, at uh, owning or operating a cigar lounge. Uh, Corey was obviously uh, my eyes and ears uh, in terms of uh, the day-to-day operation. But we had a vision uh, from day one uh, that we wanted to create a, a upscale uh, cigar lounge that you would find in a steakhouse. Uh, and so uh, one of the things that uh, we we knew and we, we really uh, wanted to strive for, and that was the ventilation system. Uh, and we wanted a, a very robust uh, ventilation system so that uh, people could uh, enjoy uh, after-dinner drinks, uh, cigars, without uh, smelling like a, a chimney when they leave. And so we invested very heavily uh, in our uh, ventilation system. It was uh, actually, I think, uh, quite a, a, a sophisticated uh, system, and we've used the exact same system in all four of our stores, and and we change out the air every six minutes uh, 100%. And so, uh, you know, we can have uh, two people, or we can have 20 people, or we can have 100 people uh, in our lounges smoking, and it's not uh, uh, the atmosphere is not smoky. Uh, and so, uh, we, we spent quite a uh, lot of money on that. So not only is that a a conversation about comfort, but that was part of the marketing and that marketing came from how do we get more than just men in the place you knew from the beginning, you wanted to attract women. You wanted to attract couples. You wanted to be that after dinner destination as well as a destination uh, before dinner. You wanted to hit every part of it. Exactly. And so we, you know, for example, when we uh, began to design the lounge, uh, we engaged a a, a female designer uh, because we knew, uh, you know, a bunch of guys sitting around uh, smoking a cigar, trying to design the uh, fabric and the furniture and the look and feel, uh, you know, we'd probably end up with uh, all black, uh, you know, uh, and the standard uh, bar scene, but <clears throat> we wanted colors, we wanted uh, different types of fabrics. And so, uh, and the reason being to your point, Tony, and that is, uh, we wanted to expand the market. Uh, we felt like that, uh, cigar smokers, uh, would find us, uh, and, uh, uh, and that would be the kind of the typical crowd. Uh, but we felt like if we, uh, created an inviting environment, uh, that, uh, uh people, uh, husbands or, or, uh, guys, uh, would bring in their wives uh, to enjoy uh, the uh, the evening, and they their wives or, or uh, significant others could have a, a cocktail or a nice glass of wine. Uh, and we found that uh, then uh, the uh, gentleman would end up uh, actually maybe having one or two cigars or one or two cocktails. They would end up staying longer in the lounge, and and uh, it was a as you say, Tony, it was a marketing uh, type of idea. Uh, Mark Holden, look, I appreciate you taking the time, kind of sharing what it took and some of the concepts that went into the investments necessary uh, to build a, a lounge like this. There is a deal when you go to MyPillow.com slash Tony, and it is on the My Slippers 
from my pillow, you're going to save $90. Regularly, $139.98 for the slippers, which are really incredible. It took two years to develop these, uh, these slippers, a four tier cushioning system with the my pillow patented fill, com- comfort memory foam, patent imp- patented, patented impact gel, and indoor outdoor sole. So you can wear it inside or outside all day long. Quality leather suede, variety of styles, colors, and sizes. Normally, $139.98. Right now, $49.98 with promo code Tony. You're going to save $90. And while you're there at MyPillow.com slash Tony, you're going to take advantage of the deep discounts on the MyPillow products like the buy one, get one extravaganza on bed sheets, MyPillows, and more. MyPillow.com slash Tony. Get the deal. MyPillow.com slash Tony. MyPillow.com slash Tony. Our new book, Let's Go Bourbon, The Bourbon Reader You've Always Needed, is now available on Amazon.com and our website, EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Pick up a copy today. So when you decide to open your own cigar lounge, you're probably opening it with a bar, right? That's That seems to be a nice little bit of connection. You're going to be offering some kind of, of drink with it. When Blend Bar Cigar decided to become Blend Bar Cigar, the bar was full and complete with a fantastic bourbon uh, selection. And one of the things they did here is we're talking about what it takes, right? Really focus on what it takes to open a cigar lounge in today's world. The, 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 the investment involved, the connections involved, the, the things you got to think about. Uh, Corey Johnston and, and Mark Holden, the team at Blend Bar Cigar, teamed up with people they found in the community, people who are their neighbors, who are experts in certain fields. And one of those people is Nolan Smith of Backbone Bourbon. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is Fingers Malloy. Everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. And Fingers, I hold in my hand the Blend Bar Uncut and Unfiltered Straight Bourbon Whiskey, a private label bourbon done with the help of Backbone Bourbon, BackboneBourbon.com. It is 113.4 proof. A hand for anything over 100 proof right here. Now, Nolan, you and I know each other because you, myself, and Corey worked to put together Recovery Rye, which was a rye whiskey that we did to help hospitality workers in Indiana who were out of work because of COVID. Put that together very quickly because of your help. Sold fantastically all across the state. But your your world, your passion is is bourbon and, and and rye. What you do with the Bone Snapper Rye Whiskey, the Old Bones Bourbon, uh, some of the big dogs you have in the uncut, some big powerful bourbons right here. Mm-hmm. But when a, uh, someone like Corey or or cigar lounge or a bar in general comes to you and says, "We want to private label something," that's not as easy as, "Oh sure, here's the bottle, yeah. here's the juice, slap yeah. on a label, and, yeah. and done." What is yeah. that process like yeah. when someone comes to you and says, we want to do this? How does that work? Well, um, it's you, you said a word earlier, Tony. You said connection. Um, and the reason that Corey and I were able to get it done was because of our connection and our connections. Um, we get approached to do a lot of private labels. Uh, we turn down just about all of them. When Corey approached me to do the private label, it was an immediate yes. Um, and that's because of our longstanding relationship. I've known Corey since 2009. Uh, one of the finest gentlemen I know. Um, not only that, he knows the bar business, and he knows the bourbon world very, very well. Um, and he's been a great sounding board for my business. Uh, we've had long chats about 
the bourbon industry and what's going on, the trends. Um, he's helped me with my business with certain products. Um, and so out of that relationship, uh, when he approached me to do a, a private label, was there was anything no in that that was like, you know what? It's Indiana, Indiana. Yeah, I want to be a part of that. Did, yeah. did, did, did that did that have anything to play? And, not, and that could happen in someone in Texas or someone in Arkansas, right. sure. Right. But did that have anything, any part of it? Not really. Um, although I'm glad it has that connection. Um, I, I looked at his, his concept for blend, and um, it's a high-end experience. It's a luxury experience. And although we feel like um, our bourbons apply to a great deal of people, um, I liked that. I liked the connection to to his luxury story and his luxury profile, and I thought it was a great, a great, uh, a great fit for us. Um, let's let's talk about what you did here for blend yeah. with this uncut and unfiltered, right? Un, uncut, unfiltered. We, when the bottler asks us about filtering, we tell them use the most use the the filter that is the least amount of filtration. I mean, we want. Uh, we, we have to have some filtration because there are chunks that, that come out in the boiling process. But you wanted a wide space between the mesh. We wanted, we wanted the widest space, sock or whatever it was, because uh, we, we love what's in the barrel, and, the, and, the, and you know, that's what we want to get in the bottle is what's in that barrel. So, Fingers Malloy, you've got that on a big cube, as, as do I. That's the way we're doing it because at 113, I got scared. I don't know why. I've done, I've done bigger need, but I got scared. What are you getting off that nose, Fingers Malloy? Oh, wow. It, there's a sweetness. There, uh, I can't put my finger if it's on it. If it's like a a vanilla or more of leaning towards maple, what do you what are you getting? On I it? got butterscotch. That's where I was. Fingers Malloy. So Nolan Smith, backbonebourbon.com, Which one of us is right? I, I like you can the, admit. I, I, actually, you're both right. The butterscotch and the maple were that we we have we have pegged this as the perfect bourbon to have with your pancakes and maple <laughs> syrup. <laughs> So, but you know, butterscotch is really right in there too. Uh, it's that, it's that great rich sweetness. A hundred and was it one hundred thirteen point four proof? Yes, sir. Fingers yep. Malloy, you ready to try this? Tony, I've been ready to try this all day. To your health, a Cheers. little bit of a cheers. Oh, uh, we're doing the glass. Everybody's clinking. Fingers Malloy is first. Nolan's going as well. This is only. At Blend Bar, their private label, the uncut and unfiltered straight bourbon whiskey at 113.4 <laughs> proof. You're right. And, it's basically 114 proof. You would never guess in a million years that this is 114 proof. Really? Yeah. No, a hint of a sting on the tongue. There's no real warmth going down. I'm picking up some citrus. Yep. Uh, yep. Along with. Uh, the oak and for me maple maybe butterscotch but oh my this is this is one of uh, uh, of the few bottles that I can think of off the top of my head at 114 proof that I believe would play for the whole table all right I'm yeah. drinking, I'm going in I'm going in it's on the queue but I'm going in oh that is smooth yeah and I don't know if I'm citrus yeah little cinnamon at the at the end a little bit of a big red thing going on right there in the finish kind of coats the tongue no it's a very slight warmth uh, going down um, do you do you have the mash bill on this is that something you can share yeah absolutely it's 74% corn oh well, that explains the sweet yep 21% rye and i think that's 5% malted barley that's left so 
It's it's definitely got a lot of corn in it. But Twenty-one percent rye would have expected a little more spice. Yeah, um, it, but, but it's don't lovely. Forget, this is eight years old, so it's really this is eight years old. It's eight years old. Oh my! Yeah, I didn't see. I did not see the the uh, age statement. It, it it may be a few months. Oh, under, okay, it's got the few, barrel date. Okay, a few a few months under eight years old, but. These barrels that we have uh, are from June 2014. Uh, they're some of our best barrels. Uh, I've got about 60 seconds. Yeah. How tough has it been to find barrels right now because of the explosion in the industry? Right. Well, it's been an issue for a while. Um, the, the latest trend is to have, it's hard to find new fill barrels. In other words, brand new bourbon in a brand new barrel. Uh, that's never been an issue. It is an issue now. And two of the biggest distilleries I know are out for two years. They have orders for at least two years. Uh, the age stuff is tight. It's still available, but it's at a much higher price. So um, for me, the new fill stuff, I have a source that I get my, a small distillery that I get from in Indianapolis, and I'm good there. On the age stuff, I'm kind of sitting on the sidelines right now. And I have a, I have a decent amount of barrels that will tie me over for a while. But you still have product on the shelf, the old Bones bourbon and the Bone right. Snapper uh, rye whiskey, things like that, still on the shelf. Absolutely. And, and we have no, we won't have any supply issues. Uh, but, but kind of, we've been around for 12 years, so. Which helps. Which helps. People, so people try it, to jump in right now. Yeah. That's a real problem. That would be a problem. If you're at Blend in Indianapolis or Houston or Nashville or Pittsburgh, uh, the uncut and unfiltered straight bourbon whiskey, Nolan Smith Backbone Bourbon, this is a lovely pour, man. Yeah. Glad you guys enjoyed it. This is a lovely, lovely pour. Now, part of building a cigar lounge, as we've been talking about it uh, today with the people at Blend Bar Cigar, and what it took to get to this point, because people talk about wanting to open a cigar lounge all the time, want to open a bar all the time. What does it really take, the connections that it takes in terms of relationships, how you build those relationships, and then just the straight-out investment. I mean, that's big stuff, Fingers. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com and our book, Let's Go Bourbon, at Amazon.com. Let's Go Bourbon. Everybody loves it. It's at Amazon.com. Uh, when we are at Blend recording uh, the show, it's Brian Lerman, uh, who uh, works the bar, team lead uh, here, who is often recommending to us what it is we should be drinking uh, that week. Uh, Brian joins us right now. He also has some reviews you'll be seeing at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Uh, we talked with, with Corey Johnson about the very idea of service, right? What does it take to service a client, uh, to service a guest, and how you guys do it versus maybe how uh, others do it, but really how you try and build relationships with guests like Corey builds relationships or the owners build relationships with suppliers and distillers and other, you know, to be able to get certain rare sure. products, how you get the Blend Salomon, which we're smoking right now, which you can find at blendbarcigar.com and order it. Six tobaccos in this, a five-year process it took to make this cigar, this 8x52 uh, smoke. When you are meeting somebody for the first time, what is your overarching objective? Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Tony. We appreciate it. Um, you know, you've got to find a, a, a certain level of comfort. You know, there's a lot of intimidation when you walk into a humidor, especially like ours. You know, there's a lot of cigars that people don't recognize. You know, we try to avoid a lot of the stuff that's readily available online. So the first thing you've got, we, we really try to do is ask a lot of questions that put the customer into a comfort zone. You know, we want to ask how often they smoke, what they do enjoy smoking, brands that they've remembered. And with me personally, I try to 
you know, articulate the cigar in a layman's terms. You know, I use a lot of anecdotal knowledge with the cigars and like what I think of when I smoke in cigars in particular. And so the more questions we ask, the more the higher the comfort level comes with the guest because it can be intimidating in there. You know, it's like me going into a wine store trying to pick out a bottle of wine. We talk and, about intimidation yeah. all the time. And so it's it's trying to build that like the, that early relationship, that first impression. You know, this you know there's a lot of things that swirl around blend about, you know, it's really expensive and things like that and you know, try to break down those barriers. And to let people realize that we do have really great value smokes and really great value drinks and to get people into a comfort level with their price, whatever price point they feel comfortable with. And also something special. You know, you come here, you you want something that you're not going to find at your local cigar shop. Otherwise, you would go to your local cigar shop all the time. You know, we've got some of the world's uh, rarest cigars in here. And with that, there's not a lot of knowledge. There's not a lot of common knowledge about these smokes. So it's whatever we can do to articulate and find that comfort zone with them. Well, I talk to a lot of people who want to get into cigars, but they, mm-hmm. they haven't tried it because of the anxiety level sure. that we talked about. They don't want to look foolish. They've got an ego. Mm-hmm. Put the people's mind at ease as far as someone who's never come in here before or never had a cigar. What can they expect? Uh, education. We can provide as much education as whatever customer that walks through that door wants to receive. You know, some people want to come in and make their own selection on their own. Others want to know everything about every cigar in there. And we're happy to do both. You know, if you come in here, we're going to... What Corey's brought to blend is an element of customer service with the cigar. And that comes with the tableside cut and light. Because let's face it, a lot of people that are new to cigar don't know how to cut and light a cigar properly. Right. And so if you, you know, you've got to start from the toast. You know, it's everything's off the toast. And what we want to do is You provide, mean how you toast the foot exactly, of the cigar. Exactly. Well, and off, you know, like from the toe, you know, like it's it's a good like word, you know, like from from the Oh, I didn't, know, in, yeah. I didn't know how yeah, you meant yeah. it. So I, was, I thought I you was, meant was, actually was, toasting well, the, the foot of the cigar. It was a little, du- little double word there, but, but um, you know, we want to like whatever the customer like is feeling and the, the way they direct us is the way we're going to go with them. You know, if they, if they feel like somebody that wants to talk about the education, the growing, like the priming of the tobacco in each cigar, the wrapper, the build, that we'll be happy to talk about that. If they just are looking for something mild that's not going to make them taste cigar in two hours, we'll go with that way too. You know, we want to provide the customer with whatever. We don't have a blueprint. We don't have you know, a demo, you know, seven keywords that we want to hit in the humidor. It's every, every transaction's organic. Talking to Brian Lerman, he is our key guy here at Blend Bar Cigar when we're trying to figure out what to drink. And so let me turn the conversation around as you talk about how you want to put people at ease, mm-hmm. which goes to the idea that when you're new, and Fingers, we discuss this all the time, when you're new to this, you're not at ease. It is an overwhelming experience, regardless of the humidor. Absolutely. There's a lot of facings. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. stuff. And what is your advice for people when they walk into a place? What is the attitude you think they should have that would uh, help them? I think the way to have, like, the best possible experience is to kind of just sit back and let it happen. You know, ask questions. Don't come in with, like... Come in with ideas of what you'd like, but also be open to trying new things. You know, we're pouring 250 different bottles of whiskey, scotch, and bourbon back there. You know, odds are I can make you try something or have you try something that you haven't had before that maybe is a flavor profile that you're used to that you like. You know, and, and just to be open-minded to something maybe you haven't tried before. And what in your mind makes a good cigar and drink pairing? So... 
to enjoy both. I mean, if, if you're liking what you're smoking and you're liking what you're drinking, that's the first key to having a good pairing. You know, you can overthink things a lot. I like to, you know, kind of simplify things a little bit. If you're smoking something milder, you'd drink something milder. If you're smoking something full-bodied, you got to get something full that's going to cut through all that cigar. So, mm-hmm. you know, we start with if you're having a mild cigar, we want to get you know, a mild scotch or bourbon. If you're, you know, smoking something full-flavored, we, we're going to go something foolproof. Um, and then kind of, and, and then, you know, pigeonhole it from there, you know, bring it in from there. But, but basically that's the, that's the, the key is like, you know, mild to mild, bold to bold. Speaking of keys, what is it, you know, we talk about the, the growth of, 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 of blend and from Indie Cigar Bar to blend mm-hmm. and from the Indianapolis location to the locations in Nashville and Houston and Pittsburgh. And not everybody uh, has that. That's, that's pretty rarefied air, but there are out there some very luxury cigar lounges, some very lovely cigar lounges, some very... You know, mom and pop cigar lounges. What is uh, the, as you see it, we'll call it the secret. Mm-hmm. What is it on on the service side that you think is is most important? If you do blank, you know that you've done what you can do to ensure your your guest has the best experience. I got I think, about 50 seconds. I think so much of it goes back to basics. Service with a smile, courteous service, and bring in, let people be comfortable. You know, obviously education is such a big part of what we do here, but when it comes down to the nuts and bolts of it, it's service with a smile. You know, we got used to that smile with the mask on, so you use your full face smile, and I think we're really good at just that smile and to let people know that they're not bothering and there's no stupid questions. And to just make everybody feel comfortable and welcome. See, that's why I don't work here, because I know there are stupid <laughs> questions. Fingers Malloy. But this is supposed to be a relaxing experience. Right. It's not supposed to be This anxiety. is a place for an adult to act like an adult. That's, that's a good answer. Ooh. Yeah. Let me put that on a T-shirt right there. Uh, Brian Lerman of Blend Bar Cigar, blendbarcigar.com. I, I appreciate it. Uh, you being with us. We, we have a lot uh, to, to get to, uh, including, you know, we talk often, if it grows together, it goes together. Coffee and cigars. And which is, to me, is my perfect pairing. That is my dream pairing. We'll get into that next. Keep it here. If it grows together, it goes together. How many times, Figures Malloy, have we said this? Hundreds. At least seven. If it grows together, it goes together. Because what we're having a conversation about is, is soil. We're having a conversation about the earth, or really what's known as the terroir. T-E-R-R-I-O-R. Right? What comes out of the soil and how... Coffees from around the globe pair uniquely, differently with different types of cigars based on, well, certain levels of connection. Now, we've been talking about Blend Bar Cigar and how they grew this cigar lounge, and one of the things that they have been heavy on is making things exclusive to them. It's a part of a marketing campaign, Figures Malloy. We can't uh, deny this. You know, we talk about the fact that Blend... Blend is not afraid of saying we have something special and we charge for it. That is not everybody's cup of tea, but it works very well for them. And I should have said cup of coffee because Uh, we're talking coffee. Uh, uh, Rick Hubbard joins us right now. He is the proprietor of Hubbard and Craven's Coffee, which is uh, uh, roasted right here in Indianapolis. Hubbard and Craven's, C-R-A-V-E-N-S, HubbardandCravens.com. Rick, uh, good to see you. We were going back. Rick and I have known each other for a while. Rick thinks he introduced me to Blend. He's I'm almost, pretty sure I did. He's almost positive <laughs> that he introduced me to Blend, which is very, very possible. You have been in the coffee game for a great long while. You travel the world. 
uh, trying uh, coffees. Before we get into what you made for, for Blend here, uh, which is an Ethiopian Yergachefe, and I got corrected. I always thought it was Yergachef. It is not. It is Yergachefe. Um, talk to me about what's going on in the coffee world, because what we hear about container prices, beans, the issues with supply chains, the issue COVID had with the ability to get coffee from places like Nicaragua, Costa Rica, uh, uh, places in Ethiopia, Kenya, etc. It's been remarkably difficult. What's going on? It's a mess. Uh, we're paying, uh, I think I, like, uh, I just received it. It's like uh, probably 16 to 30% increases on just container cost. Uh, so that's the actual shipping cost, not necessarily the bean. Because we're an importer. The actual ship, the, getting the container to Indianapolis, because Indianapolis is a port city, we were able to take it into Seattle, rail it down to Indianapolis, or not uh, Seattle, but uh, uh, Vancouver. Right. Put it on rail down to, uh, now it has to go through New York, because containers are such limited supply. So not only is the container cost like crazy, uh, $20,000, $25,000 from Indonesia, it used to be three thousand uh, dollars. Twelve thousand dollars from uh, 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 Central American countries used to be two thousand dollars. So it's massive. The market is up. Uh, the uh, uh, the farmers are not going to be able to uh, fertilize uh, just because they won't. If so they are you are you expecting coffee shortages? Uh, there already are coffee shortages. But coffee shortages from a standpoint, there's a lot of coffee sitting in ports in the U.S. <clears throat> but our scenario, what we tried to do is go actually and get the coffee, get it here because it's a very limited life. We need to get, we, the coffee's got like a six-month to eight-month life. Uh, for If you buy an 85 coffee or an 86-score coffee, if it takes... 10 months to get here, now it's an 82, and you paid 85, 86 pricing. So you paid the premium and not got the premium result. Exactly. Now, I, I believe you said that your beans are grown in Ethiopia? Well, the, the what we do for blend is uh, grown in Ethiopia, yeah. Okay, I, I we had done a story a couple of months ago where there had been some concerns about the Brazilian coffee crop. Uh, how does that impact you? Well, Brazil... Uh, uh, is the mar market driver because of the volume, but but Brazil is not the quality uh, driver. So Brazil's Brazil's are blenders typically or uh, espresso blenders. So they're the low lower quality uh, type of coffee, but but they do drive the market. So on top of the the market price, there's a differential price of based on how how great the coffee is. Uh, so you might have the market price plus two dollars or five dollars, depending on how who wants that quality. So when you did the coffee here for Blend Bar Cigar, talking to Rick Hubbard of Hubbard and Cravens Coffee, Hubbard and Cravens dot com, um, you picked uh, the Ethiopian Yergacheffe. Yes. Um, was it a specific type? Are there specific types? So what makes this coffee unique? Uh, it's it's not only that coffee. It's it's uh, it's all Ethiopian coffees because Ethiopia was like uh, everything is wild there. Uh, there's forest grown coffees, the varietal types there. Uh, we, especially coffee people, we would go into Colombia and tell them, or Central America, and tell them we want 
could you do a specific varietal only in this little area? Uh, and we were thinking that that was ideal. Um, but in Ethiopia, you have like a thousand varietals that are like garden grown and blended together. And they're literally, if you walk through a garden, you're going to see different leaves of like every. So the fact that it's so wild makes it so interesting. Though there's 10,000 varietals in the world, only a thousand have been. Or are known to man, but only a thousand have been identified. But this is what you chose for a cigar lounge. Yes. So why this? How does this connect with the cigar? And we have some. We did it as the French press. We've got it black, and we're gonna match it up. Talk to me about what I'm gonna get out of this. Okay. So uh, what you're gonna get? That's it's gonna be more complex than like a Kenya or a or a clean coffee. It's uh, that's a clean coffee, but it's it's gonna you're gonna have plum. You're gonna have uh, fruit. But as it finishes, it's going to be chocolate. It, it'll have chocolate notes. There's going to be a lot of lot there, and that's what you want if you're going to do a Nicaraguan uh, cigar, uh, heavier body cigar. Right. You're just going to want something uh, that you can still taste. It's like tasting chocolate after a, a dinner. Yeah. And in an immersion immersion press or a French press, uh, that's going to give you basically enough so that you can still still. Appreciate it because if you taste chocolate and then you taste coffee, typically there's nothing there uh, because it kind of coats your your taste buds, you know. Yeah, I don't listen. I don't claim to be a, a coffee aficionado. What? I, right. I for one, I'm shocked. <laughs> but one of the things I've noticed, I, I usually you know automatically put cream and sugar in my coffee. Uh, I'm I'm we're, we're doing this black. I'm struck on the nose just how sweet this is on the nose. It's almost as if <laughs> There's already something in here, but there isn't. Yeah, t- in the coffee industry, uh, Ethiopian coffees are prized. They are the, they're sold well above the the premiums typically. Uh, Kenya coffees are well above the premiums. Those are probably the two prized uh, origins, but uh, the Kenyas tend to be cleaner uh, and uh, not not so much cleaner, but brighter and. Uh, not as deep. I I feel good that even a pro like Rick has sometimes a little trouble describing it because I do too. It, 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 look, we we do this show all the time. We're smoking cigars constantly, and sometimes when we're describing cigars, sometimes it's a little bit difficult to find what it is exactly that you're trying to describe. And the same thing is true with the coffee. I mean, you are in the wholesale business as well as the retail business. You have shops. Here in Indianapolis, you provide to hotels and and, and all uh, sorts of of people. But there's no doubt that cigar lounges like to to focus on, well, we've got bourbons. we got a lot of bourbons. And sometimes they avoid, like their coffee, they'll be like, yeah, we've got a Keurig over there. That's not it. Yeah, yeah. I just had had that experience in uh, London. Uh, They they gave me, it was like the the nicest cigar bar I probably have been in. And... uh, uh, they had literally a uh, Keurig espresso machine. <laughs> and the reason for the French press is that you get the oils as opposed to a drip where the paper filter absorbs uh, those oils. And that's why a French press, an immersion press, is so incredibly important um, when you're doing a cigar. So you get the oils, you get the fullness of the flavors. Rick, I appreciate you taking the time. Rick Hubbard, HubbardandCravens.com. Uh, I'm going to start drinking coffee and smoking cigars now. That's my plan. 
It doesn't matter how much you spend on your cigar lounge. If you're going to build one, you're going to build one. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much you spend on your bar. What matters is what you're serving. And if you're making the stuff, blending your own cigar, you're getting your own bourbon made, if it's not good, none of it matters. So what are we smoking? What are we drinking? And I, as a, as a guy who likes business, as a guy who is enamored by creators, right, in, in the end, Fingers, you and I, we're content creators, right? Whether it's radio, whether it's video, it, we, we like the idea of storytelling. We like the idea of sharing and connecting with people uh, on that level. Some people want to climb mountains. Uh, me, I just want to look at mountains and go, wow, look at that schmuck climbing a mountain. That's basically. <laughs> I want to climb a mountain and then turn around. <laughs> what? I don't even know what that means. A little landslide for you, a little... Oh, Mac. look at you. Yeah, I climbed a mountain you. and I turned around. I, I, didn't, I didn't even see it. Uh. I didn't even see it coming. That's how <laughs> sly you are. So the question is, what do we think of the cigar? What do we think of the bourbon? This is the Blend Salamone. It's an 8 by 52 six different types of uh, tobacco coming out of the Dominican. And this is a $95 cigar. We have reviewed high-end cigars before in terms of high price. And we stand by the basic philosophy. You do not necessarily have to spend a lot of money to get a good smoke. We've had excellent $9 cigars, and we have had lousy $35 cigars, and we have had fantastic $35 cigars and absolutely human garbage $9 cigars. <laughs> the, the, the reason they charge is uh, their, their view and their philosophy on the concept of experience. And what it is they've created here at Blend. It's a big part of, of their marketing and of their strategy and of their, of their belief. I don't object to any of it. I happen to enjoy the Salamone that, that we're smoking. There is a nice a bit of wood that goes on there. There's a little bit of nutty that happens, a spice that builds for me on the tongue as we're into the second third. And by the way, when I first did the cigar, same exact system fingers from the way that we always do. <laughs> Notebook out. What did you eat that day? What did you drink that day? First third, second third, final third of the cigar, right? Just break it in your head. It's all right. Did I smoke the first third? Now I'm into the second third. And what are the flavors uh, that that you're getting? What I find about this cigar is that it is not a knock you over the head, right? It is a beautiful mottled uh, brown uh, wrapper there. It is lovely smooth, but not the oiliest cigar mm -mm. in terms of the wrapper uh, that, that we've ever had. There's a little bit of veining throughout. It is, to me... A very into the milder medium kind of smoke, which makes it a good for all weather, and b good for a lot of palates. But it does have a, do a nice job of allowing you certain flavors without overwhelming. And I think that's one of the reasons they see it as something that's so in enjoyable and so valuable to them is that the, the blend of tobaccos that they use and some of these experimental hybrids uh, that they did, where they got the primings, right? That's where on the tobacco plant you're cutting the tobacco leaf from. They were able to put something together that you're like, you know what? This is just enjoyable. You don't know if you rank it as the best cigar you've ever had. It's certainly not the worst cigar you've ever had. It, it works on every single level. I think some people say, I'm not so sure about $95. But as an experienced cigar... Absolutely. And as an experienced cigar, I totally spend the 95 bucks. Yeah, and it's, uh, look, for me, it's a special occasion cigar. And I think for a lot of people, it would be a specialist occasion cigar. If you uh, can make this at $95 a stick, your everyday cigar, God bless you. We should be better friends. Uh, but 
uh, it has a lot of good things going on and nothing that really overwhelms your palate. It's not like a pepper bomb, but there's a nice bit of pepper there. Uh, for me, there's a leather note there that, yeah, as I, I've gotten into the second, third, there's there's a little bit of creaminess, some some nuttiness as, as well. Uh, but it's it's something that I think is definitely worth the price if it, especially like a special occasion you're you're going to lunch and you have the time so that's it being an eight inch cigar this eight by 52 it does smoke slow look we're we're uh clearly two hours in and i'm not yet at the final third and neither you're just about to get to the final third but the cigar smokes slow i will admit we've spent a little time touching it up Right, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's not that it's really gone out too much. We have because of the conversations and everything else, we've touched it up a little bit because we're off a normal rhythm. I don't know if I would on a normal day. Well, the other thing too is, is it really all that much uh, of a burden when you are smoking a stick that's going to take three hours that you may have to touch it up from time? It to is time? not a burden. I want to say I am <laughs> unburdened in this. I could make this an everyday cigar. The problem I would have with that is that I don't have three hours every day. Right. I've got 90 to 100 minutes every day, no question about it. So, therefore, it doesn't fit in the everyday cigar category for me. It is a special occasion smoke. But when you want a special occasion smoke that'll work and really allow people to enjoy us, even, even on the more novice side, that's why I like it. If I were going to compare it to a, a cigar of this size that is not a novice cigar and sticking with Davidoff, uh, the, 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 the Royal Release, if that's a $100 stick, same price point, and that cigar, if you haven't had something to eat, is going to knock you on your ass and then make fun of your mother. <laughs> that cigar is a, a medium, medium full. I, I should say a medium full, and it's just... Super, super rich in, in 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 my view, and there's an example of a cigar in this same size, same Vitola, that no isn't for everybody at right, the table, right. not by any stretch of the imagination. I will admit, I I I, I like how it pairs with uh, the unfiltered, uncut uh, uh, bourbon whiskey that that blended as a, as a private label. That little bit of cinnamon on the finish is working for me. The butterscotch nose, I actually wouldn't mind a little bit more of that mm-hmm. on the palate. But you are right, maple. Yeah. Maple hits on the palate, too, and, and, and with a touch of citrus. It's nice. And again, you know, maybe a special occasion kind of uh, drink for some. I, I believe they told us it was $35 a pour. It's $200 a bottle. Now, at $200 a bottle is in my liquor cabinet? And, uh, no. And, and, and that's, that's just it. Uh, as a special occasion, the pour is fine, and it's really this, this enjoyable, enjoyable drink. But... Blend sees it, and the Cigar Lounge sees it as, you might be coming for the special occasion, and we've got you perfectly covered, and we don't mind. We don't mind that it's a more expensive thing. Yeah, and the the great thing about Blend, they do a very good job of, okay, this is an upscale Cigar Lounge, but you can come in here after a round of golf in your, your... your, you know your polo shirt and shorts, and be comfortable and and not feel like you're out of place. Uh, so, if, if if it's a special round of golf, and with maybe friends that you haven't seen in years, I could definitely see coming in here after the round. You've got a few hours, have the cigar, birthday, the anniversary, oh. promotion, all those kinds of things. Absolutely. Right? I think, and, and and by the way, they have plenty of cigars in here that are in the ten to twelve dollar range a, 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 as well uh, at, at Blend. 
so different cigar lounges also sometimes for different purposes. Uh, we go to a lot of places, and some places are much more the, 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 the working class feel and style, and some, class, some places, you know, small and, 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 and happily boutique with nine seats uh, in them. This is a different beast. But what I really love is that what, what Corey Johnson and the team here said is we can do something else. We can do something bigger. We can do something. We, we, can, we can try and push this dream. Mm-hmm. And they did it. And they did it rather successfully. And they proved that people will pay yes. for quality. They'll pay for experience. They'll pay to feel like they're being taken care of. And that you cannot underestimate how much that matters. Yeah, and if you're not a bourbon person, it, this is just a great place to be able to have a cigar and a very, very good cup of coffee. So we're going to be checking out other cigar lounges, talking to them about how they got to this place, talking about the money it takes, uh, talking about the, the, the things that, that they sweated over. Man, if, if we're looking at an economy that's kind of awkward and kind of dangerous, man, I respect the people who, who build and, and create. We want to highlight uh, those people. So we, we hope you enjoyed uh, the highlight. Blendbarcigar.com. Uh, Find us at eatdrinksmokeshow.com, eatdrinksmokeshow.com, eatdrinksmokepodcast on Instagram. A lot of great stuff and the videos that we've got over there, Eat Drink Smoke Podcast there on Instagram. Catch you next time. This is Eat Drink Smoke. Follow Eat Drink Smoke on social media, on Twitter, at Go Eat Drink Smoke, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eat Drink Smoke, and Instagram at Eat Drink Smoke Podcast.